Welcome to the Breaking Wax Podcast. All right, we're live. Welcome back to the Breaking Wax Podcast. I'm Don, um, aka Breaking Wax, and today I have Jake with me, also known as Bay State Cards on Instagram. How's it going, Jake? Fantastic, Don. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, first time, long time, as they say on the radio. <laughs> you know, what's weird is like, I, I don't think people actually listen, but people do listen. Um, I get feedback here and there, and it's surprising. Um, we had a lot of feedback when on the Luca Tigers and Bronze podcast, and that was a blur having four people talking at the same time. I don't even remember what I said, but I'm glad to have you on. I know it's been a uh, it's been a, a couple of weeks in the making, I think. It's just tough for me sometimes because people hit me up and, and I really don't have like an ideal guest. I, I, I'm down to talk to anyone, you know, and it's just like for you the last two weeks, it just kept getting pushed back because of all the drama that's been going on in the hobby. I mean, it, it's a hot it's a hot t- topic. A lot of them are, uh, you know, really controversial and everyone has their own opinions people want to kind of push what they know out. And right. so, uh, yeah, there's a lot going on and so many people are affected. I mean, yeah. to, th- to think a, I don't know Ryan personally, card collector too, never really talked to him. I may, I think we exchanged a few words uh, talking at uh, one of the Causeway shows, but right. he's like early thirties, late twenties. He's out six figures cash out of his own like pocket because of a situation that he found himself in. So that to me, like that's the devastating thing about what's been going on recently Um, in terms of how people run their business. I mean, that is what it is. People, I mean, look at restaurants. You can, you'd be the best restaurant in the world. I think it's like a 20% success rate after the first year. So it's only going to happen with the card industry and people. It's funny you mentioned the restaurant thing, because I always found it interesting that athletes open restaurants, and I have no idea why, because of what you just said. Like, who is their financial advisor that they're like, you know what, restaurant sounds good. You play basketball, let's open a steak a steakhouse. It makes no sense to me. David Ortiz did it in Boston. He had, like, poppies or big poppies or something like that. And they had like five or six locations gone within like two years. Like, are they all of them? Oh, they they, they were they were here. They were gone. That's it. And uh, yeah, no, that's a that's a huge thing. That I guess like the Midwest thing. I think John Elway has like his line of steakhouses. I think those do really well. But overall, that's a that's a tough thing to get into. And there's a lot yeah. of money entering the hobby. You, like. Logan Paul, $3.5 million. That's real money. Like, that's like, he has that. Yeah. If I had $3.5 million to blow on Pokemon cards, I I wouldn't blow it on Pokemon cards, but that's, it's it's, unbelievable to think that that's like a real transaction. That's like public enough where that's, that's like I'm not sure if you could tax that or how that works, but I mean that's a big public transaction. I, I think for him, like I've, I've been saying the last two weeks, I think at a certain point, maybe when he first bought it, he didn't know it was fake, or maybe they did. But I think when the video came out of them opening it, they obviously knew it was fake by then, and he 
just capitalizing as a marketing opportunity. I mean, the beginning of that video is I just lost $3.5 million by my drink. Yeah. And I think that parlay, you're right, is like it got to the point where whether or not it's real or fake, that's where you capitalize, where it's like, oh, I have everyone's eyes, by the way, like I have this new drink. And at the end of the day, I have no connection to the Pauls and any content they put out, never paid for anything, never like don't follow them, whatever. But if I saw Prime in a in a shop, I'd be like, I'll try it. Because at the end of the day, a drink is two, three. If it's a ridiculously priced drink, maybe $4. But sure, why not? Because it I, could I, be good. Is it like a Gatorade? Is that what it is? I think it's like a Gatorade. And it's him and KSI. And KSI, I'm actually a fan of. I, I right. like his, they, uh, the Sidemen, uh, the, like the YouTube group. I think that's like a fun group that puts out like good content. Um, but yeah, yeah I mean, I, kudos to them, you know. And then you have Mealy Pops, who in everything in the public eye seems to be doing the right thing, rectifying any involvement that he had. Uh, Shine, I think is how you pronounce it. I mean, yep. it seems like they're good. So, I mean, that's it's a massive vendor in the industry that is at all national shows, Dallas, the, the, the Florida ones, he's all over the place. That that's a travesty. If that isn't a, uh, you know, a smooth rectification, if you will, of the issue. So that's great to see. And then we have card Kahuna who made his Instagram for the transaction. His right. Instagram started when that transaction, when he decided, His card account. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna buy it. Then he, then he got on Instagram. So, whatever happens to him, you know, good luck to him. <laughs> but it's, yeah. that's not an issue to me. I don't think that's like we're talking about someone who spent 2.7 million dollars on something that we know was purchased for. I think it was seventy three thousand U.S. dollars because they bought it in Canadian. Whenever it's like the ninety something. Yeah, I think it was. You know, it was definitely a case of, you know, if it's too good to be true, then it's probably not. Um, I, I think it's interesting. Like he hasn't taken down his Instagram account. He did have a personal photo of like him and his girlfriend or him and his wife that he deleted. Um, I mean, if you're getting smoked, that's the first thing you got to delete. You got to protect your family. So I don't blame him there. That's like no, a, no, no, I don't, I don't blame him at all. But I just think it's odd that he hasn't said anything or he hasn't made a comment. But it, you know, it goes back to the same thing with Marks. Like I, I reached out to Marks through text and was like, "Hey, do you want to come on the podcast and at least tell your side of the story?" Because um, the rumors at that point were flying, and he was like, "No, I was advised not to make a statement," which. To me, it's like marketing 101. Like, I don't, you don't hide from stuff. You should get ahead of it and at least tell your side of the story because otherwise you just leave speculation. And then, unfortunately, with this case, it's going to be a huge legal thing, I'm sure, with PSA. So, all that stuff will be public knowledge, anyways. Um, it's funny because uh, Ghost, uh, 
KD mm-hmm. and um, and hitting TDs, Brian, were both like, I will come on the podcast and talk about the legal ramifications of everything. I was like, yeah, I don't care. That'd be cool. <laughs> that, and Brian's, Brian, Brian is uh, my lawyer for the show also. He agreed to that, so. Oh, yeah. I, I think everyone has him on retainer at this point. I, I wined and dined him at National this past uh, this past summer. Are you going to Atlantic City? Uh, so that's I'm trying to convince uh, Brandon and uh, a couple of the other t- Florida guys that we hang out with to like, hey, let's go. If we go to the show for a day, cool. Let's do other. There's other stuff to do. I mean, it's Atlantic City. It's the summertime. So I, I wouldn't mind hitting blackjack for a little bit. And then if baseball's going on, we could easily go to a Phillies game or a Yankees or a Mets game. You know, I just – the idea of sitting at the car show for three days just doesn't appeal to me. Um, I'm only really out to get one card, if anything. So I, I still am on the hunt for a Michael Jordan rookie card, and that's it. Understandable. But the so- last two collector cons, I – I didn't like sitting behind the table and dealing with all the nonsense. And then it was like the card show and it might be, I'm sure it's different in national, but maybe it's some of the same, but it, it just felt like I was in a YouTube video the entire time. There was a lot of that with at least the national in Chicago. That's the only one I've ever been to. And I, I took it like an absolute business trip. Um, I think it was I, I flew in uh, earliest flight Saturday or Friday, um, was there all day, spent one night, woke up all day, and then took the last flight out. So I was there for, you know, two days, one night, and that was that was it. Like, I, I did the two full days walking the floor, doing deals, selling stuff, buying stuff. Uh, waiting in line at Panini for uh, the white boxes, black boxes, whatever they so, were. So, how did they determine that? Is was it based on how many redemptions you had, or so it's a it's a hybrid approach. So it's how many redemptions you have. Minimum redemption value is fifty dollars. Um, but I had a Joe Bur uh, one of these actually uh, the Joe Burrow. Uh, okay. Black Prism from Chronicles autograph, so it's a redemption, and they gave me fifteen hundred value, and so you the I think it was the cheapest box is two hundred and fifty dollar value. The most expensive box was a thousand dollars in value, and I did, and after all my redemptions between that. $1,500 one. And I think I had like six or seven other ones. I maybe had, you know, $25, $2,600 in total value. So I did one $1,000 box right. and then the rest I did 250. I sold all of the $250 boxes to someone set up with Garrett Central Valley cards. I just walked yep. over. I think I sold them for $150 a piece cash. Did you look um, at them or no? They opened them in front of me. So we okay. got to open it and they did well. It was like, uh, uh, I'm trying to think what it was. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, uh, like crown Royal RPA, one of one rookie type of thing. Like they, they were pretty like good manufactured games. one of ones though, right? Yeah. It's like stamped. 
And so, so what I had in the thousand dollar box, I kept, I opened it and it was a Drew Brees. I'm not sure if it, it was out of Immaculate or what it, it's uh, like the Century 100 was the set and it was stamped as a one of one, just an auto. And I ended up selling it at trade night to, I think he's, I think he's called the finance guy. He's a card account. Huh. Um, he, but he's got a YouTube channel and I recognized him when I saw him, but I like didn't know how I knew, knew him. Right. And so it was kind of weird when he came up to me and saw it, but I uh, ended up selling it to him. So I sold all those cards because they physically stamped the card as a one of one. So there's no way that surface grade can grade well. No. So no I, I just said, I don't like Drew Brees enough to get rid of it. Uh, it was a thousand dollar box. I think I sold it for 800 bucks. So I, I was happy. Ended up buying my LeBron auto, um, and that's what I came away with. But uh, the wife wants to come because we're in Boston, so Boston, Atlantic City, yeah. drivable distance. Um, but we're going to do casino because yep. the, the the rental property scene looks pretty rough in that area. Um, and we're probably going to do three days, but two days at the show and then one day to do something else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, I do not know how people can do five days unless this is your line of work, which neither of us do this as our main source of income. So uh, no, five days is that that's a that's a lot. Yeah, if I can be where I want to be, then I'm probably going to go look to buy or trade. I don't really want to trade, but maybe buy a low grade Jordan, a Fleer Jordan rookie, and then I also want at least a nine five. Bowman Chrome LeBron rookie. Um, so I think a 10 is out of the question, but 9.5 should be easy. Yeah, that or, I mean, even a clean PSA 9 would yeah. probably be like something. Um, yeah, those, those should be those should be relatively easier to find at the National. Uh, for me, it's uh, a PSA 9 uh, rookie of my dad. So uh, the the PSA 10 of his is, I think, like, pop 17. I think the oh, last really? one did, like, So what is, what is that? I think the last one at auction was, like, Heritage at 23,000, which wow. is just, like, ridiculous to me. Like, I'm not – the most cash I've ever spent on a card in my collection is 2,000. Um, I just – I'd rather put that money in real estate, the – S&P 500, like I'll, I'll take my 10% year over year and, you know, happily retire at 60. But um, yeah, so the, I think the nines are around 1700. So that's okay. probably what I'll shoot for um, this. And then probably a tiger auto. Um, I, I want to go for all the greats. Uh, yeah, I want to see what fanatics does with the licensing um, to see if they can get, people they don't have like Michael Jordan and stuff like that, or if LeBron comes back. Well, so, all right. So that was a good segue. Um, you brought up your dad. So your dad is. Dennis Eckersley. Right. So you probably have more insight on this than anyone else does. What, 
How how big do you think those contracts are with Upper Deck with Tiger Woods and LeBron James? Are they a forever deal? Are they six they very deals? well? I mean, they're huge, right? They very well. I've never seen what one of that caliber of athlete is because in terms of baseball, my dad might as well, or in terms of football, my dad might as well have been a defensive player for the hobby pitchers don't yeah. really command that much value right. um, in terms of just collectability. But um, I could only imagine there's some sort of wildly large number that retains them. And it's, right. I would yeah. only, I could only imagine that there's a set volume of what they would sign. Right. Like they cannot be manipulated with like how they do uh like Bowman Chrome uh first baseball prospects. They right. go, Hey, we're gonna we're gonna pay you eighty thousand dollars at eight dollars a signature and you're gonna sign, you know, a, a thousand, ten thousand, and then they just run up the number. Um right. but Tiger Woods, LeBron Tom Brady, that's not a, a value to them. Um, like they, I, that's not yeah. worth it. They so, get paid a no, lot more than eight dollars, yeah. though. Yeah, but the so excuse my ignorance. I'm ninety nine percent here, but your dad's in the Hall of Fame, correct? Yes. Right, and and I just learned this like two weeks ago. So he's the only player to win MVP in the Cy Young Award, correct? Yeah, nineteen ninety two. So what? So how, like, how does what's your dad's take? And you don't have to speak for him, but I just does he? Will he sign random people stuff, or will he only sign at like paid events or stuff that's sent to him through Tops or whoever it is? No, I'm. If you catch him passing, I mean, yeah. he'll happily sign for fans. Yes. Um, he has contracts with all the companies. Um, if there's a baseball product produced, he'll happily sign. He has no exclusive deal. Any, I'm not sure since COVID. I honestly doubt it. But right. back in the day, you used to do events, like in-person events and stuff like that. Uh, he doesn't do through the mail. So if you have his address, good luck. Like he's not. So what's, gonna, he, what's he do with that stuff? He just dumps it right back in the garbage can, or no? I think he just. I think it just stalls at the post office. because uh-huh. so I mean, I I got to witness it when I was a kid. I was fourteen when he got inducted into the Hall of Fame, and it would be those mailbox like carriers. Right. Yeah, like a a private mail carrier would come and like that's the whole the whole truck is like 16 or however many they fit it's all fan mail um so there was a there's a room full of it at one point it's just so let me ask you selfishly so we're in that tops now group chat that eric from insta trading card started um Mm -hmm. what if what if like a bunch of us were like Hey, we have these balls. Could we get your dad to sign them? Like, if we paid him to do it, not for free, certainly. But I mean, um, because I would love to have a a ball signed like to Don, you know, his signature and Hall of Fame on it. That'd be insane, especially for. I mean, yeah, that's it. it, That's 
that's more of like a personal relationship to me thing. Okay. Like if if someone comes out of the woodwork and is like they they know who I am, so they think they have the ability to ask me. Right. It's like I'm trying to think of a decent analogy for for people that have, you know, parents in more relative fields, but it's like if your dad was a doctor and it's right, like, right, right. hey, like is is he doing surgeries? It's like my dad makes income off of it, but at the end of the day, if you were my best friend and you couldn't afford you surgery, I would beg my father. And I, I that's a now that I no, say I, it verbally, I, it's like a crap no, I, analogy, but no, no, no you I know, so get it. I'll get you the ball, absolutely, Don. Like for you, hundred percent. For the people in that group, absolutely. Um, one of the things I was trying to do is actually those uh, top seventy uh, cards. Right. That, oh, the Project uh, Seventy. Yeah, yeah. Papa Padre um, party. I'm, Padre party. I'm not sure yeah, how you pronounce it. Yeah. But uh, I have uh, special like ink pens and everything, and I'm gonna get them signed in a bunch of different colors. And I have thirty oh, of cool. them. Uh, Justin has to get one. Cedar. Because uh, yep. he sent me ten of those cards out of the thirty I have, oh, so he's got to get one or two. But um, yeah, no, I like things like that. Like I'm, ha I'm happy to do that. No, I, I think it's interesting because I know, like, um, I think Phil Hughes has said a bunch that if you send him stuff, he will not sign it and he will not mail it back. So don't send it to him. Um, yeah, I mean, I that that's exactly my recommendation for my dad. It's like, don't like you're not gonna get it back. Right. And it's like, if you send something really cool, chances are I might end up with it because a fan sent. I'll grab this because we're on camera. Yeah. It's hilarious. A fan sent this to my dad, and uh, he he recently moved. <laughs> oh wow. And so someone like built this for him, for him, and sent yeah. this. And so this was not like a sign it, return it thing, which is why, like, this it got like opened. Yeah. Yeah. It was like actually like packaged as a gift, but the, they they built it, and it's got oh, his cool. name. It's un it's unbelievable. But my stepmom was. Not a fan of looking at this thing for long, which I, I can't blame her. It's probably creepy if it's your husband. Yeah, no, I, I get it. So like an analogy for what you're going through is like, so I, I have equity ownership in a clothing company, right? And uh, we're, we're small operation. And a lot of people think because of the social media presence and what we do that we're, it's like this huge operation and company and it's not, and people constantly ask me for stuff and it's like for me i'm always like man if i can give you stuff i will 100 percent. but if you if you're riding with me and we're friends or man wouldn't it be cooler if you just supported me you know like i'll give you a hundred a hundred percent because at the end of the code. day at the end of the day my dad is not ted williams like his autograph is not fifteen hundred dollars on a right. piece of paper that got cut up and put in a card as like a janky cut signature because that's right. all they can get publicly now. Like I think my dad's autograph. If you want to check out my cards, 
you, cheapest one is probably 15 bucks. Yeah. He's the 34th player to be inducted into the Hall of Fame in his first round of eligibility. And to give you an idea, I think David Ortiz was 59th. So, like, you know, there's that's how many have gone in that round. 15 bucks, not a lot of money. So, like, you well, have, I've, like, I've looked, I've looked, but for me, it's like, uh, like we were saying, like, I would rather have something personalized by him. A hundred percent, because there's a relationship. Yeah. Then, uh, then just a random autograph. That's like, um, so I did this thing through the USO in Long Island where we built bikes for military members, active duty members. Um, and it's supposed to be for the junior members, but it was with the USO and we built all these bikes and then gave them away for Christmas. And it was like two or three events. Well, the lady from the USO was like, Hey, we appreciate what you did. We have two tickets to this hall of fame Yankee event at this steakhouse. We want you to come. And I was like, I a hundred percent appreciate it. And I would love to come, but two of my guys that work for me, super junior diehard Yankees fan, and I'm a Yankees fan. Can I send them instead? So I sent them um, and they got to go, but they, they hang, it's hanging in my office now. So Goose Gossett was there. He signed something for me, you know, and it was just, it was personalized to me and uh, I cherish it, you know, and I just think it's so cool because it says a uh, hall of famer on it, you know, and then, uh, God, I'm going to screw this up. The You know, the Mets, um, who was the Met that hit the ball between um, homeboy's legs from Boston? Um, it was Mookie. Um, was it Mookie? Gosh, now I got to look. Are you talking about, like, Bill Buckner? Yeah, the Met that hit it between Bill Buckner's legs. Oh, I can't think of who hit that. Yeah. Um, I, I met him at, a, at a, another military event. But uh, yeah, I have same no thing. Idea. He, he signed something for me. Too. It was Mookie Wilson. Mookie, uh, well, okay. rest in peace because he passed away. But he he signed a ball for me too, and I have it in my office. And it's like this is a cool thing to have. You know, it's not like something you bought; it's something personalized. So I think it's cool. Um, I can't imagine being his, like a famous athlete's kid, though. I mean, I, I guess it just it's got to get annoying. Luckily, baseball is not as publicized as it was back in, like, the 2000s and prior. And so my dad's career was 76 to, like, 98. Um, So with that span, if you're – you know, 30 years old, you were seven when he retired. um, And you were one when he won the MVP. So his relevancy for my generation never really affected me. Um, It's, it's more prevalent in that next, like my parents' generation. So my friends' dads. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, your friends' dads. Or at like parent pickup, we're probably like, holy shit, it's Dennis Eckerson. <laughs> that, yeah, I think, I, it happens. So, so in in Jacksonville, I don't know if I told this story in the podcast or not yet. So, I was my daughter. I went to pick her up from school one day. Um, I don't remember if I was in uniform or not. I guess it doesn't matter. So, there's a guy wearing East Carolina t-shirt, purple t-shirt, East Carolina like yellow shorts. 
matching Nikes. I recognize him, right? And I'm like, he looks at me and we make eye contact. So I immediately dap him up, hug him, bring him in. I'm like, what's up, man? How's it going? How you been? Haven't seen you in a while. And he stops me and he's like, I don't think we know each other. And I'm like, no, we do know each other. I know you, you know me. Let's put this together. And he's like looking at me, I'm looking at him and I'm like, oh shit. I don't know you actually, or you don't know me. <laughs> I I do know who you are. I'm like, you're David Garrard. And he's like, yes. And I'm like, yep, I know who you are because you're the Jags quarterback. I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and he was like, yeah, I'm just picking up my kid. I was like, me too. But his daughter was in my daughter's class. So I was just like, you know, That's I, got my, I got my pickup truck and he got in his Aston Martin and drove off. And I was like, yep, don't know him. <laughs> I was like, we know each other now, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, no, it was it, it was what it was when I was a kid, and it was very normal for the situation because I was born in 1990, so I was two when he won the MVP in Cy Young. So I was of talking age. I was very aware of, like right. – that he won something big, obviously not to the extent of like how big of an achievement that is. Uh, and then I was around other athletes, kids, uh, yeah. uh, Ron Darling, uh, who's a pitcher for the A's. I was around his family. Uh, Mark McGuire had an older son that I was around. So it was, you know, if I'm hanging around a kid who's, dad is also Mark McGuire. It's, it's very par for the course. And then where I grew up in Massachusetts, people treat people pretty normal around here. Yeah. Like I wasn't, I wasn't treated differently. I wasn't treated special. Uh, right. There weren't, you know, different standards for me by any stretch of the imagination. I was just a normal kid whose dad happened to play baseball. Um, yeah, so that that was normal. But I definitely had the experiences, like you were saying, uh, like getting to get autographs and meeting people. And that's how I got into cards and collecting. Because yeah. it's great to collect my dad, and I do, and that's definitely like my Did big personal collection. Like when, so, they, when they send him stuff to sign, can he keep any of it, or is it like all the stuff has to go back? Well, and I only ask because we saw that video of Giannis with the fifty one ones that he supposedly kept or didn't keep. Nobody knows. Yeah, no. What I'll say is, if you were to keep something. And I don't know about one of ones because I have not. I mean, my dad and me living together has been a separation of like, I don't know, 15, 20 years. Like, right. it's been a long time since I lived with my dad. But when he got inducted into the Hall of Fame, and that's when he got sent a ton of stuff. Um, if one or two cards didn't come back, it wasn't like, you know, kicking and screaming from the company. The, the, to my understanding, nothing was really said. But right. I can only imagine in today's climate of collecting, if you kept a one of one, I would only imagine they said something. Now, at the end of the day, Giannis is that's a 
that's a whole different level of athlete. He's got his own shoe deal. He's got it. He's the, he's the Greek freak. He's like his own brand. My dad's whole thing is they shortened our last name from nine letters to three letters. So they call him Eck. Like right. that, that's like not really, that's not really that, uh, you know, marketable. Right, right, right. right. Oh, so I do want to touch on something with the Ortiz in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. What, what it, um, and you mentioned something about the Veterans Committee, and I, I'm not familiar with that. I did read that they could still get voted in by players, right? Um, what, how does that work? To my understanding, it's a rotating panel of 16 living Hall of Famers. Um, and it's like a 12 to 16 vote. Like you have to have 12 votes, 12 votes through the veterans committee. So if I'm not mistaken, that's how like Jim Rice got in. Okay. Maybe he got in his last year of eligibility, but there've been a couple of people that the hall of fame committee has voted in, um, I think it was Will Middlebrooks who recently released a statement basically saying after David Ortiz was on that list of 104 players or 140, what, whatever the number was, um, that popped hot in 03-04, and they were teammates for like four years, he saw Ortiz get tested more than any other player period the entire time and he never he never popped again versus potentially players that had a long-standing history prior to like there being the ability to detect it right now it's, it's a part of the game it's a part of the history you can't like erase it from history it's an ugly stain so like so does american history the 60s and 70s have greenies um which if you have no idea what greenies are listeners i highly recommend googling that that's a whole nother rabbit hole but it's not the first time there's been performance enhancing measures taken within the game and i'm sure in the 20s and 30s that's when they did all the funky stuff on the balls and like you know like spin oh, balls yeah. and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. I mean, um, it's like a it's like a integrity uh, morality issue, right? And it's and it's almost like with a lot of athletes, not all, but I don't know if you ever watched like the Tour de France any of those documentaries. It's not it's not a matter of like are they doing it? It's a matter of are they going to get caught doing it? Yeah, Icarus was that it? I think that's one of them. Yeah. Yeah, that that one was that was really good. Where basically he does the doping cycle the next year and actually does worse because of like the issues he has with the bike and then figures out the whole Russian thing. I really like that. I I think it's one of those things that at the end of the day and I get it it's a really sore spot for a lot of people, but the it's the baseball writers of America that vote people in. And you and I've told a few people this. I feel that you do not win homecoming king by making fun and bullying the nerds. And that's oh. who the media is. And if you were mean to them, and I think that's why David got in, and David barely got in. You need a 
voter uh, to get in, and he got 77. So, so I, right. Barely, I, and I think, yeah, no, 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 I, I agree. And that's why I think, um, like, Bonds will never get in. Um, I was actually surprised on social media, anyway, the amount of people that were in support of Bonds getting in or were disappointed Bonds didn't get in. I, like, I think by the numbers, Bonds should be in. Um, I think people generally just don't like him. I think that his teammates didn't really like him from all the stories you hear. But And then I'll give you one example. So when he was going to break the record, he was either going to break it the series before they played the Marlins or while they were playing the Marlins, right? So that's that's where he was tracking. So I just happened to be stationed in the Keys at the time. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to take my sons. We're going to go see either him hit the next ball out or break the record. We showed up at the stadium back then, and they were just like, how many tickets do you want? Because they had free tickets for active duty. I'm like, well, it's just me and my two sons. And they were like, uh, but do you want more? I'm like, what do you mean? If I want 20 tickets, you're going to give me 20 tickets? And they were like, yeah. I'm like, is there not anyone coming to this game? So we literally saw him hit the ball after he broke the record, right? So the next ball, and, like, there's maybe 5,000 people at the stadium. So, which I was like, this is kind of crazy. The dude just – broke the home run record and as every ball he hits is a new record and nobody's even paying attention. So I think there's a case for both of them. I personally think Roger Clemens, there's an argument for him being the best pitcher of all time. Um, I think him, Pedro Martinez, Nolan Ryan, and then I guess some of the old guys, I don't know that history of baseball well enough um, to go back to anything beyond like the 60s. But And then I guess Sandy Koufax for his right. tiny or sh- very short career. He's a, to my understanding, he's the shortest career of anyone to get in the Hall of Fame at like 11 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. So I think the big ones people were talking about were Clemens, Bonds. Who else was in that group? Um, I, mean, I mean, A-Rod will never get in. I think A-Rod, like, people just universally hate the guy. <laughs> and I, I, to me, like, you say A-Rod, and I say that's a Hall of Fame caliber baseball player. He's the highest grossing baseball player in the history yep. of the sport. And he's been retired for how many years? Yep. That That's unbelievable. He was transcendent. He was a gigantic star, uh, popular, went to multiple markets, made Texas baseball popular. He's got World Series rings, which I think is one thing that a lot of people aren't talking about is like three of the four chases in 2018 rookies have rings. Soto, Acuna, Devers. The only one who doesn't have it is Otani. And that's like when he gets it, Trout gets it. So it's a win-win for all of baseball. Um, Do you think that'll ever happen, though? I hope. Like, how do you you have the two best players – in the entire sport, it, it's like watching the Chiefs. You have Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. Whether or not Tyreek Hill is the best wide receiver in the NFL doesn't matter because the second he's in open space, 
he's the best player in the NFL because no one can catch him. That so peace think- sign thing. Oh, I love it. Love it. Oh, me too. Oh, me too. Love it. So, do you think the Bengals have a shot this weekend? I, I, not at all. But I'm not going to put any money on it because the second I put money on something, it goes the other way. I got absolutely murdered last weekend. I will not, I will not revisit that pain. I, I don't even know what the spread is. Or, I mean, I imagine the Chiefs are favorited, right? I I have no idea what the spread is. I haven't looked at it, but it would not surprise me if it's double digits. Really? Because I would say they're t- at least a touchdown favorite, and then home field advantage is three points. So then then that's a 10 spread. Ten, yeah. I, I was talking to uh, a bunch of junior folks yesterday and uh, asking them who they liked, and there's a couple Bengals fans like legit from Cincinnati and uh, they're just like, you don't think we have a shot? And I was like, not really. I'm like, what are you going to do? You're going to do the Patrick Mahomes pass to Tyreek Hill in space game better than they do it. They're the best ones. They're the best ones that do it. So I understand Burrow and Chase have been doing it, but like, I just don't think you want to get in a shootout with them. That's all. Well, I mean, Jamar Chase could have Gabriel Davis's game. Of like 220 yards, four touchdowns on eight catches. Like ridiculous. They still lost. So Jamar Chase cannot carry them to the promised land. Joe Nixon, Joe Mixon, I like him. I think he's really talented. I could see him being a future Patriot. That's like the only way the Chiefs win is like it's got to be like a game of Madden. Like they got to, or the Chiefs, sorry, the Bengals is they got to get up. Then they got to grind the clock and, oh, and, pray, and, and, pray, and pray that they can get a stop or two. And then that's it. Like they're going to have to ride that clock. So Mixon should 100%. have a huge game. Mixon should have a huge game, but this goes back to the one of those things, right? We're just fans and they're professionals, but for some reason they can't figure it out. So we'll see. It's the, it's that Bengals O line. It's yeah. it's. I think Joe Burrow is going to spend half the game on his back. I don't think there's going to be another nine sacks, but he's going to get knocked down a ton because they're going to change the game plan where everything's going to be short, quick reads. And it's like you make it or you bail and they're not going to let him get sacked nine times. Like that or the entire coaching staff will get fired. But who's put, and then the Niners and the Rams. Um, I think if you, I hope look, Jimmy G wins. Do you? I, that'd be that'd be fun for Patriots fans. Like uh, I Jimmy your, your G, Jimmy G brings home a ring to the city that could care less about sports because it's such nice weather, California. Fair weather fans, because the I'm, weather I'm, is so amazing that it's like no one cares. I just think it's funny that the Niners fans aren't um, talking about Trey Lance all of a sudden. That's what the whole season the it was just the whole game. the whole season was like get rid of Jimmy G, worthless, and then now all of a sudden it's like Trey who? They should have drafted why someone. I, they that's why I love it. That's why I'm rooting for San Francisco. I think that's such an amazing storyline. 
And I don't think if the Rams, if the Rams don't win this year, they they right. no, they went you. all in and they are gonna bust because they're gonna go way over the cap and they have no draft picks. I, and they're a, stuck with Matt Stafford. I think it's I think this, you know, every year you're like, well, this team got hot at the right time. I think the Niners, the Rams got hot at the right time. I, I just think the Rams are a little hotter, personally. Um, so I would I, agree. I, I mean, my money would be with the Rams. I yeah, think, I think OBJ. Rams, I think OBJ uh, will have a big game. I, either way, I, I just want. Speaking of OBJ, what the hell happened in Cleveland? I don't get it. What are these franchises doing? I th- I think it's just one of those things where it's a culture fit. It's like you've yeah. been like in the military, you join a unit and it's like one leader changes the entire flow yeah. of everything. And you're like, oh, and they in my you know corporate training, they're like, you talk about people don't leave good or people don't leave companies. They leave leadership. Like, it's like you don't want to be with your leadership. It has nothing to do with the employment or the brand. If you don't like the general flow of what's coming down to you, that there's going to be resistance. And a wide receiver, no matter how prolific he is, look at Calvin Johnson. Like, they do not care. You do not throw the ball. Unless you throw the ball, you do not. The, you might as well be the the totem pole head that gets put underground because they they don't care, and that's how all the other positions are in football. And right, it's a, yeah. it's a shame. Yeah, you think guys are um, that they can't do no wrong or they can't be traded or waived, and then because they're so good at their position and and a person that comes to mind for me was Randy Moss. Like I, and I don't remember his situation with the Vikings, but I just couldn't believe that he wasn't a Viking anymore. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know what, yeah, you're right though. Unless you're the quarterback everybody else is dispensable, I guess. What, um, you mentioned the military, how long you were in the army, right? Yeah. How, how did that come about? Was that like uh, out of high school, I'm going to enlist and get college paid for, or you just? It pr- pretty much. It was, uh, I was a senior. I had a friend who was a year older than me, um, and he went to the military. He was an 11 Bravo. He came back from uh, basic training, and he was, a completely different person. He was so much better, uh, well-mannered, well-spoken. He, everything was just kind of pulled together. Right. And I thought to myself, if I could change half as much as he just did, that would really set me up for success because um, I don't know if the movie was out back then, but it's a good analogy. I kind of felt like I would have been like a Van Wilder situation. <laughs> Where it's like I'm like yeah. a nine year senior because like my parents just are desperate for me to be a college graduate and right. I don't care. 
And like, that's where I felt like I was as, you know, an 18 year old and ended up joining. I was, uh, I was a Cavs scout. So 19 Delta was, uh, was in for three and a half years, did a deployment to Iraq and yeah, home ended up going to college all paid for. Uh, so that, that was great. And then kind of parlayed it into the career that I have now. Nice. Nice. What, so in your three years, did you have good leaders or was it kind of like uh, bad leaders or was it like an, a learning no, experience for you? It was definitely a learning experience and understanding different leadership styles and how to adapt to them. I think that there's a difference between good and bad leaders and then differentiation between leadership styles. Right. And you can see a different style and that may rub you or push you the wrong way, but that doesn't mean it's bad. You just need to be able to adapt to it. So um, whether that's communication based where it's like, I reach out to you and I, I need you like you got to be there. Um, or it can be lots of preparation or full autonomy. Um, mm -hmm. So there, there's different ways. And I had really good leadership when I was in the military. I enjoyed who I served with. Uh, I really enjoyed the experience. Um, yeah, I, I liked it. I would, I would highly recommend the military for anyone who – is looking for an opportunity to develop themselves personally uh, yep. from a development standpoint and a professionalism standpoint, and also set themselves up for a really great career because you're able to go to school and get paid for. That being said, uh, I recommend the Air Force. Recommend <laughs> the Air Force. As an Army veteran, uh, you know, that those, those uh, Air Force – Barracks, those are a lot nicer. Well, so it's funny you say that. So my dad's retired army. Um, I'm Coast Guard, and uh, and my dad has Coast Guard license plates. So it's just, uh, yeah, you just got to do your research and figure out what you want to do. But you know, you're right. It's not a bad, it's not a bad gig at all. And that's so my two sons, they're they're the oldest of my kids, and uh, I told them, you know, like if you join, you do your three years or four years, like. The GI Bill, which is not the GI Bill, it's supposed 9/11 now, but it's such a good deal. Like they pay all of your tuition and books now, and you get a monthly housing allowance as an E5. It's kind of insane, right? Especially if you're 17, 18, 19, you don't know what you want to do. Um, I'm like, man, the worst thing that could happen is you join the military and you get a career that maybe you like and you stay, or you pick up some skills like you said, right, whether it's uh, leadership, teamwork, or you pick up like a, a motor skill um, and then you do that or whatever it is you want. But I'm like, man, I, and that's for me. So I joined a year. I was working full time um, and then to going to college full time at night. And and I joined. So I had a year of college under my belt. And then since then, so I finished my degree. I finished my MBA. Um, I'm coming up on retirement, but it's like, Dude, I'm 39 years old and I'm going to be starting something else, you know? So it's not a bad gig, but it's like anything else in life. You got to put in the work and the time to kind of build up to where you want to be. So. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. 
that and that's the hardest thing now. So you'd be surprised from when did you get out? Uh, 2013. Okay, so I've been I've been out for a while now. Not too long though, but it, it's it's shifted right. And I always tell these guys at work that are like that have been in 30 or 40 years, like it's changed so much for me. I can't even imagine how they've seen the change, but it used to be if someone senior to you rank wise told you to do something, you just did it. True now, now it's, there's a lot of like, well, why are we doing this? What are we doing? Why don't we do it this way? Why don't we do it that way? And like, I, I appreciate it. And I always just say like, there's a time and a place for everything. But I, I do appreciate it that they want to know how things work. But I've had a lot of conversations sitting across my desk where I'm like, hey, it's taken me 19 years to get where I'm at. Slow your roll. Let's do things how we're supposed to do them, and you'll get there someday if that's what you want. But, yeah, it's a lot friendlier, nicer. Everyone's got great ideas. <laughs> oh, man. I, I definitely had to salute a tree or two for like an hour at a time. <laughs> there are some just like weird punishments where it's right, like you right. do something stupid, you do like a weird punishment. There was a kid who was late. They used to make him wear like a flavor flave clock chain. Yeah. Like you know it was like right? Well, it's called hazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's not allowed anymore. <laughs> it, and it doesn't surprise me. I mean, a, a lot's changed in the last few years. And um, so, what yeah. did you um, did you work with a lot of officers, or you don't even recall me because three years is quick. no. I I mean, so I was a Cav Scout. So like um, the the and my terminology is going to be shot here. Um, but basically, my my co-pilot, my passenger, my front passenger would be the first lieutenant. Yep. So I, I worked with a handful of officers when I served, not a ton. Academy um, so guys I or uh, prior enlisted guys? All academy, all academy guys. They were, they were. Uh, I I realized once I got to my unit, oh, I probably should have been an officer. Uh, that that's how I felt. I was like, oh, man, like, I want to get paid twice as much and, like, get treated like a business professional versus, like, like a it's, manual. You know, well, well, yeah, the simple way to put it is it's, like, uh, white-collar positions or blue-collar positions, right? A hundred percent. And I, yeah. I guess I, I didn't realize my options. <laughs> Well, you know, for me, long story short, I could have went to one of the service academies and played sports, but I got hurt and then chose to just go to college. Um, and then when I enlisted, my dad was always just like, oh, you can go to OCS, go to OCS. And then, uh, you know, it took me a while. So I was like, I was at E6. I'd been in it 10 years before I went to officer candidate school. But uh, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a difference, right, from someone that's come up along the ways than someone that just gets thrust into those situations. And I, and I say it all the time, like, I could not have been 21 or 22 years old and having people salute me and call me sir. Oh, like, no way. And, no trying to way. Make, and trying to make decisions that affect people's lives, you know, like, there's no way. So there's a i mean everyone's got their own path but yeah that that was not my path but yeah once you start looking at the pay chart you're, you're like, like oh, what ugh. am i doing 
What am I doing? Why did I choose? You tell me all I had to do is go to school for a couple of years. Yeah. But I, I, I wouldn't change it. Uh, highly recommend it. I was happy I served. Um, proud I yeah. served. And, yeah. Thank you. I for mean, I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy I'm out because there is no way in God's green earth I could wake up at five something in the morning. And then go run five miles. I wish yeah. I could. I wish I could. Habits? No, I need. So recently I got into. Well, I, I found. I'm not going to say I got into. I found a knees over toes guy. I'm not sure if you're familiar. But basically this guy says he's got a method to fix knees. Because the weight bearing in the military. I, I don't know how people can do it on their knees. My knees so, are shot. So I, I literally. Right. Speaking of knees, just found out last week that I tore my ACL and MCL, not in one, in both knees. And I have no idea when or how this happened. So I'm kind of stoked right now. (laughs) I got to see the ortho next week and we'll see what they say. But like I saw an ortho before and just based off of my x-ray, my right knee was so bad. He was like, you need a knee replacement. And I was like, excuse me. He was like, yeah, the only good thing is when you need your second one, you'll be at the age where most people get their first one. So it'll be, you'll be good to go. <laughs> Just completely shot. Yeah. I don't know. Like it's, so my dad was a career army guy. Um, everything was always army first. Um, like he, as a warrant officer, he still woke up at four and PT'd with everybody every day. Um, when he got out of the army, Jake, he, he didn't shave his beard or his hair for like five years. <laughs> people, I, people I, like I, I it tried. was crazy. It was crazy. I, I embarrassingly enough did a, I went for a, a top knot when I got out. I was like, let me try that. I, I won't call it a man bun. There was not nearly enough hair for that, but did the top knot for a little while. And that was ridiculous. And I've just had pretty normal hair, but I try and do the beard as much as I can. Right. Happen to shave today. Well, I, so I'm, like I said, I'm 39. Uh, my mother's Korean and uh, I have no facial hair. So like, I've just been lucky. Um, I can go two days without shaving and you would never know. Is your, cause you're a large guy. You're like six, five. Probably like two sixty-five. How how tall is your mom? So my mom is extremely tall for a Korean lady. She's five five. <laughs> <laughs> so, but my dad. So my dad's got uh, what does he have? Four brothers. Hold on, Doug, Dan, Dave. Yeah, and uh, my dad's the oldest, and he's the shortest, and he's six two. So, yeah, I don't know how I I got to be six five. My younger brother. I only have one. He's like six three. So, but my brother's Are your built kids more big? like my mother. What's that? Are your kids big? Um, little Donnie's like he's probably like six foot. He's but their their mom's tiny. You know, my wife's barely five foot tall. But they said the tall gene was the dominant gene. I'm just not sure where that went. My daughter's like five three, five four, sixteen. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was just... so weird. The uh, what was it last? Was it last week? I was in the grocery store and I was wearing um, a Gator hoodie because I'm a huge Gators fan. 
this guy walks up to me and he's like, oh, you, got, you didn't make it in the playoffs, huh? I like looked around like, who are you talking to? And he's like, you. He's like, what uh, What are you, a tight end? Um, where, do you, where do you play? Who do you play for? I was like, I don't, I don't play football. I don't play for anyone. And he's like, oh, come on. You got the, the, the gator hoodie on. And I always wear shorts, even if it's snowing outside. And he's like, yeah. He's like, no, you look like you just came from the gym, this and that. I was like, no, nah, dude, I, I'm in the military. I don't play football. Like, legit, <laughs> I don't. And he was like, oh, I did, I did uh, some sports writing and this and that. He's like, you, it's all right if you don't want to tell me. I'm like, dude, I'm not bullshitting you. I don't play for anyone. <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? Leave me alone. My wife was like, what was that all about? I was like, I don't know. Just can we keep walking, please? So, I've, I've never had that issue. Uh, even with my dad being a professional athlete, if anything, no one believes that like we're father and son because I look nothing like him. Yeah, um, and justifiably so. I'm adopted, so like people are probably like expecting you at least have the mustache. And... Yeah, well, <laughs> it, it's it's that it's the skin complexion. Like I have just very standard. German, like I'm like 75% German. So, uh, and then my dad can look like, like a beautiful Louis Vuitton handbag. Like he gets that Florida, that like Florida tan. Um, and yeah, I, we look nothing alike. So never been bothered, never really been bothered, which has been nice. Yeah. So, I guess, man, we got way off the card collecting thing. So, what do you predominantly just collect like the guys you like and the teams you like, or are you just is it investment strategy? Is it what is it for you? And I'll, I'm going to go ahead and admit this real quick before you answer. You're right about John Morant. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank. You. Well, listen, I, I'd be, I'd be, I'd need to be on like a watch list if he gets hurt. So. Uh, I, I know that our circle of uh, our circle of friends understand that if he ever goes down in a game, you should probably check on me. Um, but no, for me, collecting as much as I look at it as alternative investments, and there are definitely like blue chip products that'll always stay liquid, and I, I try and lean towards those cards to put in my collection but in terms of what i collect i i like who i like and usually those are the bigger names um and i try and get uh, a small handful like two to four cards of that player so a, a perfect example is patrick mahomes i think he's a generational talent if you if you like football and, you know, you like investing in football and you don't have Patrick Mahomes cards, unless you're, like, completely against the Chiefs, like, I would recommend having a few. Right. Um, and I have a, I have a silver prism, a numbered crown royale, so it's like a numbered rookie, uh, the flagship rookie, and then I have two autographs his old style autograph with the T and then his new style autographs with like the P's. So for me, I, I don't need, I don't need any Patrick Mahomes. Like I'm good. 
Right. And if there is a Patrick Mahomes card where I'm like, I would like uh, say like a optic rookie auto and I have an opportunity to like make a play on that. Like I'll, I'll manipulate them to make it work, but that's kind of what I want. I want a flagship. So um, I have Mike Trout's, I have a, yeah. you know, update nine five. So that's like a, that's like the standard, Mike Trout to have. Um, and then I have a cool autograph, which is the Sapphire Green. I'm good on Mike oh, Trout. Yeah, yeah. Did you grade? You know, so one? it's like that's kind of how I work right now. I, I was I was talking to a few people recently, and I feel like about a year from now, with the exception of new players um or new products, I think Fanatics will maybe spice things up um with like Tops Chrome coming back and things like that. Um but I think I'll be good in like a year, maybe eighteen months, because I want to. I want a Jordan autograph. I want a Tiger Woods autograph. Uh, there's a couple other cards, but after that, I'm okay. Like I, I'm, I'm happy with what I have because I love collecting. Um, definitely, with breaking is a lot of fun. So. I'm always actively selling stuff that I have just because like you, it's like you break a bunch and then you're like, this card's definitely worth grading. And then you grade and you're like, well, I don't want to hold on to this thing forever. So then you're trying to sell it. So that that's always active. But in terms of if I'm buying a card for a few thousand dollars, I, I'm buying it because I, I want it as much right. as I, I'm buying something. I don't want to buy something because I don't think it'll appreciate. I buy it at the time where I'm like, well, I can get it at this time. Um, So I try and make things work. Uh, I got a, I really just need prism to come out so I can get a couple cool prism Mac Jones. Then I'm good. I'm good on Mac Jones. You think Mac Jones is the guy? I need him to be the guy, Don. I need him to be the guy. I need him, even if he's the Aaron Rodgers to my Patriots, and we just get one ring. Give me, give me fifteen good years and one ring out of Mac Jones, and I'll be a hap. I will be such a happy fan. I've been hey, on I, the. I feel for you. I mean, I, I need, uh, I need Trevor Lawrence. I need them to put some pieces around him so we can get some things going. But, well, uh, you do get you do get a fresh running back who took his whole rookie year off. And if you want any, uh, like, positive reinforcement with that Damian Harris, who has been an absolute workhorse for us, did not play his entire rookie year. Um, so same thing as ETN. You get him back next yeah. year. Byron Leftwich. Byron Leftwich, that's a sexy head coach. No, that's oh, a I think sexy- it's a- I think that's a great hire, actually. Um, and if we get rid of the GM and hire the guy they're talking about, it'll be good. But it, it's just it's a Jags. Like, we need to improve the line. And you can't draft someone like that, number one, and not improve the line. And that's even – I saw Mel Kuyper's thing the other day where they got us taking the kid from Michigan. And I'm like, I, I understand he's the best available, but we need to take the kid from Alabama and improve the line. Like, I just – but, oh, but so segue real quick. Um, you mentioned the Mike Trout rookie. Did you grade that? Yeah, not, it was not a the rookie, the uh, the Sapphire Auto. Sorry. Yes, it's a uh, PSA ten ten. Okay, and who, and who do you grade with? 
uh, Adam Harvbo cards. Um, so I go through him 99% of the stuff I send through PSA, um, go through him. I'll send a few cards through myself if I'm just like, I I need it there where it's, you know, it's going from Boston to Michigan now to California. It's like, let me just get it from Boston to California. So I've done that a few times. Um, I leverage uh, Level Up Subs Bernie for my pop uh, collection. So I have a couple signed Funko Pops um, that are encapsulated by PSA. Uh, Because he drops them off in person, I think that's like the best way you can handle it. Because I want to, like, um, six weeks. Okay. Like, it's quick. And they're completely encapsulated. Like, you can't take them out unless you break the case. Yeah, no. And they're big. Okay. Yeah, no. They're they're pretty big. Um, But, yeah, that that works pretty well. And then I use uh, 603 Cards, who is now a part of Card Vault um, with Big Night Breaks for SGC. Um, I've submitted a, a bunch of cards through them. Um, they have unbelievable turnaround and they're local. So the 25, I think it's like 25 bucks a card. Um, yeah. That's about like a six week turnaround time. And they have a store at Gillette, which not too far, go to a Patriots game, get a sub, uh, you know, pick up a sub, not a bad day. Damn, that's not bad at all. Yeah. I, uh, I've used Adam um, in the past. I kind of spread it around with the with the subs. Um, I haven't used Bernie with level one level up, which I'm going to send some his way. I, I'm like drowning in Bowman prospects right now, so I, I didn't do Bowman draft at all. Um, I'll probably do some Sapphire breaks. Um, I did Bowman Chrome heavy, um, a lot of Bowman Chrome. And what then, do you like? Um, I so I, I like Kevin Made, which he's not on anyone's radar. He's Chicago. Yeah, he's a Cubs shortstop. Yeah. Um, I, I like Tovar, the Rockies guy. Um, and then I picked up a couple – and that's pretty much it, really. I mean, Carlos is good. It's just tough because people get traction with a couple of these guys and the prices are just through the roof. Because someone will buy them all up, which is I, – I think I'm the culprit for uh, Masil Urbina. He's the Twins guy. I've bought – He's a redemption. I think I've bought like eighteen redemptions. Wow. Yeah, and, that's, um, and I like I like Polanco a lot, even though um, he did not play well last year. But I mean, it's so tough, right? And that's like Tom Brooklyn Brooklyn card collector was like Polanco sucks, and I'm like, dude, he had he's 17 years old. He didn't play that great last year. He's 17 years old. Like he's great. You know what I mean? Um, it's all a gamble. It's baseball prospecting is like that's why I was never big into it because it's like a it's like a hurt feelings type of thing. Like it's it's cryptocurrency. It's NFTs. It is a make or break investment. And you know, I highly recommend anyone who's into it make sure they don't lose their shirt. And luckily. The, the people that we know that go crazy with it 
are in a position where that's not going to be a financial liability no. if they're out three grand. But for it's, someone who thinks that they're going to come into the hobby and get rich off of Bowman Chrome, because when, what was it, 17, 16, 17, 18, whatever Tatis year was, I think his base crumbs were like 30 bucks. Like, yep. and he wasn't even top rank 30 yet. bucks. The cheapest you can get one now is $1,400. That is that's cryptocurrency return. I, I, I think I think a 9.5 Bowman versus Tatis is a base is 3500 bucks. Exactly. So like $30 to 3500 in well, a yeah. handful of years. But everyone oh. else everyone else is a bust. So you're betting on it, it's it's roulette Really, because only one number hits. Right, right. And that's like I have a Kevin made PSA 1010. It's a red shimmer auto, but I was like, and I got it from Brandon. But like, you can make money, but you're going to have to spend a lot of money. You know, I I know a couple of guys that have spent uh, probably in the 60 to 80K on a couple of these guys this last year. So, see, to me, it's that's like, that's where wax is like sexy to me. It's like, Because you're investing on the entire class, and all you need is one or two to be generational talents, and the entire product is through the roof. So I like holding Bowman. Um, I think that's a lot more fun. But everything else I think is singles. I can't hold any wax. I rip every single thing that comes through. I rip everything. The Montgomery Club is the biggest liability to my to my next house because they say you can get seven cases of sapphire garbage pail kids and now I'm Mr. Adam Bomb or whatever the cool right. guy is in that. Right, right, like I'm right. buying the whole thing that they tell me I can and then I get it and I'm like I'll rip it. And then that's what so that's how I got into Bowman. If I didn't have that Montgomery collection I would never buy Bowman on my own. Did you I get buy the Sapphire last week? I did. I did. I hit a, uh, what do you say, Mayor, Meyer? Yeah. I hit the oh, yeah, I hit right. the one Red Sox guy you want. So I was happy yeah, about great. that. Um, but, I'm yeah, nothing. For, uh, I'm looking for House, Ford, and uh, Benny Montgomery. I, do, I know for a fact I don't have a Brady House. That's an awesome collecting name. Big fan of Brady House. He's also got a great photo. I think that plays into it. Um, And he's like Devers. He doesn't have a first signature. He will not have one. Um, So I think Sapphire will be like those cards. That'll be the big chase. So I don't know how that works. I guess I'm going to have to ask Tom. I'm sure he knows. But like, so if he doesn't have one now, he'll never have a first auto until his rookie auto. Well, he'll have autographs. There just will never be a Bowman card with his autograph with the first logo. So it'll be like Bowman Chrome this year. We'll have his auto, but it won't say first on it. Got it. I think Brennan Davis was that way. Yeah, Rafael Devers is that way. That's like the real big name of recent Bowman. Um, His is like, I think he's like... I think it's because they might not have contracts in place mm. at the time of product release. If I had to guess, um, 
I mean, that's a whole different world. I haven't, I haven't talked to someone that works for a card company since I was 14. Right. But that was fun because they always brought like boxes over. I got a, got a couple boxes of leather and lumber one day. I'll never forget it. I got like a Carlos Delgado autograph. I was pumped. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's super cool. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't get, I don't understand. Uh, yeah, the autos are crazy. Like, I was excited for uh, Bowman Inception, and then the base autos are, like, out of 600, and you're like, holy crap, that's a lot of autos. It, it's almost crazy. like it, it made it an anticipated release, and then it went from that to, like, an immediate nobody wants this stuff. I mean, that's why I don't think anyone can grit. We're, we are 100% in a junk wax era, and Spider-Man. we have – we are we're in a slab or like a slab junk era too, but it's you cannot send base tops like anyone who listens, whether it's one person or a million people, please do not send Wander Franco papers in three weeks. When series one comes out, if it's a base paper. For the love of God, you're going to end up just like Luis Robert, and they're going to be $25 PSA 10s. So, I think, so no, that's a good that's good advice. I think I will join um, Eric. Like when Eric does his breaks, I'll try to get the, the Rays at least once. Um, but after that, I'm just going to buy singles. That's all I've been doing just, really last year anyways. Get a really clean gold. Like you'll pay a you'll pay probably one point five the price of whatever a big box will be is what I'd imagine um, for a gold and you'll be happy and that's like the flagship two thousand is what you're saying or two thousand twenty two yeah 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 exactly yeah so it's like not wildly like that's every single year when I like a player that's what I do I grab golds. Because they're one of those like flagship based things. Also, sapphires are wildly low print run too. The, yeah. Like sapphire is not a big product, so um, I like that a lot. Yeah, that's probably the biggest card I've had since coming back to cards. Was I had the Bobby Witt sapphire to ten auto, um, and that was a nine five ten. But I, I traded it for a lot of stuff. So I was that like the didn't you have like a Zion white sparkle and stuff like that? Yeah, so I bought the the Bobby Witt, believe it or not. Um, it was a Bowman first, but it was a Sapphire, right? Uh, paid fourteen hundred bucks for it on eBay, and it was actually Nick from NZ Cards. It was his auction, and I said, "Hey, do you want to do this offline, not through eBay?" And he said, "Yep, canceled." I sent him cash. Um, and then I traded that for the white. I traded it for a white sparkle Zion 9.5 optic. Um, it was like a Justin Herbert PSA 10. Uh, God, it was a lot of stuff. It was a lot of stuff. It was like two Riley Green refractors, um, autos plus cash. I, I my haul from that was I, like I estimated at the time it was like close to 20,000 for the $1,400 card. <sighs> And that was when Justin. That's when Justin Herbert PSA ten Prism rookies were selling for over a thousand bucks. Yeah, 
that that's something where it's like anytime I've ever come up big on a card that I bought, it's like <laughs> I get way too sentimental. Uh, it's like really difficult. Like I have a, a Prism Luca uh, Auto Rookie Auto uh, PSA ten, and I got it from Central Valley Cards. Garrett, I think I paid like eight hundred bucks. And then they sh- at one point they shot up to like six thousand dollars, and it's like, oh, I could have the vacation of a lifetime for a week, absolutely have a time of my life, and get all my money back, all right. because I'm giving away this piece of cardboard that at the end of the day, some twenty-two year old signed, however old he is, and it's like, I like it. Like, and that's what keeps me in the hobby. It's I'll, right. I'll never be gone. It'll always be an evolution of cards. Um, and that's, that's who I think will last throughout all of this. We have people I found, uh, what is it? Backyard breaks. Is that the kaboom people? Yeah. I saw a petition. Okay. So maybe I'm not the only person who realizes this, but I am 99% sure that prior to them breaking cards, he had like a, like, like a Frisbee little disc business. Like, I swear to God, this kid has another side hustle. And I saw him come into the card space and said, well, I mean, here's someone who sees an opportunity to make a lot of money. And boom, we're having issues. And then whether people have good or bad intentions, when they come so hot into this industry where they can have iced out watches and these like fancy parties and stuff like that, they're going to burn out. They are all going to burn out. And it's, it's the, you know, 50-year-old, I look at, like, not 50, but I look at, like, owners, like, the RBI crew people. Like, that is passion. The, what is it, uh, Kentucky Roadshow, like, Jimmy. Jimmy, Like, yeah. that, that dude loves cards. It doesn't matter who makes the cards, how great players are. He is going to buy what he likes, and he's going to open it. I think Nat Turner's great for the hobby. You had a guy who was opening thousand plus dollar boxes nightly, just privately in his own little Instagram. And if you knew who he was, you knew who he was. And then bam, he comes into the hobby as our savior. And I genuinely think that that guy is going to try and correct the absolute mess that PSA just like an absolute floodgate. Everyone saw a quick dollar. I think PSA should have tightened that ship a long time before they did. Yeah, it's a it's definitely a weird thing. Like I don't know any other industry where you pay X amount of money to have something done, um, where they offer guaranteed turnaround times or a turnaround time period, and you're not even like close to hitting those numbers like and there's no conversation there's just nothing no conversation it's you know we'll get them to you when we get them to you and there are a lot of people who saw this opportunity and that's why 
I think that this year's national is going to be very telling of right. the health of the hobby of who's actually going to travel there. So like me and you were talking about, so you get two, three cards, skip big cards. You know, we're adults. We're going to get the cards that you just can't get right. on eBay necessarily. It's like with, private without collection. It, without stuff. it being show, the problem with eBay with the bigger cards is the show billing and shill bidding is out of control. Out, out of control. And I, I think there's something to be said with like, if you collect something in particular, you can build relationships in the hobby that like, Oh yeah. Like, like I think of Debo. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but he yeah, collects yeah, Calvin Debo. Johnson. Yep. I had a Calvin Johnson. We're both in the Boston area. I had a Calvin Johnson and I would bring it to shows. And me and Debo are close friends, and every single person would walk by and go, Man, I know someone who wants this card. Like, they're gonna want this card. Hold on one second. And he probably got messaged 30 times about my one card. It's a pop one. So, like, there was reason for when people saw it. But that's the beautiful thing about the hobby. And those are the people that are going to last the next few years. And that's what I'm excited about. Because it's the people who were in the sneaker industry for the last 10 years. And Sneaker, Supreme, um, I mean, some some of the people are now NFTs, and like that's what they push. And you have tickets, and I like the watches. I think the watch hustle—that's a fun one um, that people can have a lot of, you know, success the are, with. The watches are crazy. When you you get into high end watches, uh, people have no idea. Like the watch game is ridiculous. Oh, it's it's bonkers. But the, but the relationship, I think, is important. And like for me, I always. I just want to treat people fairly. I always hook people. I try to hook people up, you know, in hopes that that good energy karma comes back. You know what I mean? And it does. Um, that's like uh, I sold a lot of Houston Astro um, autographs. I think it was like six or seven cards, but there was a Jeff Bagwell immaculate one on one relic in there. Um, and I just, it's spaced on me that the relic, you know, those one-on-one plates are so bad and the back was all scratched up. And, uh, and this guy was a vet. Um, God, I don't remember his name, but I sold him all of them for 75 bucks. Right. And the Jeff, Jeff Bagwell sells for 75 bucks by itself, regardless of the condition of the plate. Cause most people, if they buy the plates, they know their shit. And, uh, he hit me up and was like, this, the bag well, the plate's pretty bad. And I was just like, oh, man, I completely spaced on, like, sending you a back photo. But me just thinking he would know, you know. And I'm like, well, what do you, what do you want to – what will make you happy? Just let me know, you know. And Yeah. And he was like, can you send me other other Houston stuff? I was like, no, man, not really because that's why it was all in a lot because that's all the Houston stuff I have. But I was like, you know, I'll just – I'll give you 20 bucks back. Um I'm just totally losing money with this situation. But if that makes you feel better, then sure, let me send you the 20 bucks. You know? Even though the Bagwell by itself like that would probably still sell for more than the entire, all the other cards. But it is what it is. But, yeah, it's like that stuff's important, you know, the relationships, um, treating people fairly, and then you become friends down the line, you know, whether you're looking for that or not. You know, it's always nice to see a familiar face. And, yeah, you think about hooking people up, too. That's like uh, – Brandon, so I, I mentioned the Kevin May thing earlier. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and Brandon and I talk every day, uh, bro name and he always comes up, but I was, someone had posted the one-on-one super fractor, the Bowman inception super fractor on, uh, on eBay. So I was like watching it. I was offering the guy and he was declining. And then I was just like, man, I really want it, but I, you know, it's such a gamble and I know it's a one-on-one, but like, what do I yeah. do? You know? And then next thing I know it was gone. And I was like, and Brandon knows I was watching it. So he's like, did you get it? And I was like, no. I was like, someone got it before I could get it, you know? He got it for me. So he he got it for me. He sent the card to PSA. So we're just waiting for it to grade and we'll get it back. But like, just like, man, you didn't have to do that. You know, he's like, no, I appreciate you as a friend and stuff. So I, want, I wanted to hook you up. And I was just like, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Just blown away. That's awesome. So. But yeah, so but now it puts the pressure on me because now I gotta think of something to send him. So, <laughs> it's like never ending. It's like when it's like you have those friends where you go out to dinner, like, oh I got it. And then you're like, oh, well, I'll get it next time. And then you go to some five-star place, you're like, shit, I do have to get it this time. You're like, honey, get the risotto, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're splitting this, we're splitting the side salad. Don't worry about it. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're not doing dry age to anything tonight. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, no, and I think that's what the hobby's all about. Is like, like you started with the, uh, you know, oh, congratulations with John ja Morant. Like, I, I am going to try and sit. They come to uh, the, the whatever it's called now, the Garden, uh, the TD Garden, I think it is now, but uh, the Boston yeah. in on March third. I'm going to try and get as close as I physically can to floor seats. Um, to like watch him play, I I think he is amazing. But at the end of the day, like if someone hooks me up with one of their cards, I hope they know that like that means something to me. I'm not banking on him to get a vacation house. Right, right. I right. like if I get a nicer John Morant than anything I currently have, like that's gonna be the card. Um, like that's gonna be the one, but I, for right now, it's probably the the green pulsar to twenty five. Um, that's like the big one. Yeah, I wish I had an NT, but I I will never buy any product that's more than a thousand dollars a box. I I just oh, don't have the stomach for it. No, and it, and it goes back to the the gamble and the strategy of it all. You know what I mean? And that's. This is how I explained it to my wife to justify my own habits. But it's like, <laughs> what I told her was, is like, let's say Prism comes out. When does it come out? This month, right? Or next month? I don't know if it got No, next, I, I think it comes out in the end of March now. They pushed so, it back. So let's say that's $1,000 a box, right? So if, I'm, so if I'm only going for Trevor Lawrence, I don't want to spend $1,000 on a box and get one base rookie card, maybe. If I'm willing to spend that thousand on one box, then I would rather join a break and spend a thousand and have a chance at least at twelve boxes. So in my mind, if I get if I get skunked on the twelve boxes, I'm actually okay with it because it wasn't just one box. At least I'll have twelve opportunities to get something. But like I said, that's just how I justify it in my mind. I I'm a hundred percent with you. I think that's exactly where a lot of people's mindset that are in it for the collectability long run or even even investment i mean we're talking about brandon 
he crushed it on Joe Burrow. Like, I got to give it to him. In terms of an investment, he said, fuck it. I'm going for this kid from LSU. I'm going all I Correct me if I'm wrong. He has no ties to the Bengals. No, none. None whatsoever. Yeah, exactly. I'm a diehard Patriots fan. So I went all in on Stidham. I'm going all in on Mac. Those aren't investments. Those are passion plays. Right. John right. Morant was a passion play for me. Brandon, you got to give it to him. He saw an investment opportunity and killed it. And he absolutely killed it. Anyone who played on Herbert killed it. Um, and that's like, you can Gardner do Minshew, that. Not so much. Hey, Gardner Minshew, I like him. I still like him. I think uh, I think he's yeah. the next Ryan Fitzpatrick. And if you like football, that isn't that all you want? You just want yourself a Fitz magic with the beard and the, the chain and the track suit. Oh, there's oh, nothing phenomenal. better. Yeah, he's it's like it's like Fitz Magic Tom Brady. It's so close. And I think Gardner Minshew's on that caliber of just weird. I, I just I like Gardner. I don't know if he's if he's it, you know what I mean? Um I think Fitzpatrick definitely got a raw deal the last couple of teams he was on, especially with Miami. They screwed him with the whole Tua Tua situation. They're winning, playing great, and then they just bench him. Um, Tua should have sat for like two years and let himself heal. That, that doesn't happen anymore, though. You know what I mean? And that and that's what's even crazier. I'm glad you mentioned it. He was hurt. You know, it wasn't like he came back from a a knee sprain. He had hip surgery, so it wasn't like a, a he should have sat and just waited. But it's like all these young guys they don't sit them anymore, like they used to talk about. Um, I mean, maybe it's a good thing for investors, right? Like with Stidham, I know people got murdered on Stidham because he sat and he just had no idea. Everyone thought he was the guy, um, and I don't even know where he is now. Is he still in the past? Oh, he's still no, he's still with the Patriots. He'll be the uh, he'll be like the next Matt Castle. Like if something happens to Mac Jones, he'll come in. Um, I think Hoyer because Hoyer we carried all three this year. Okay. But Stidham never suited up for a game. He was always inactive. Um, but yeah, I think he'll be on the he'll be our backup next year. I I almost fell into the Stidham trap almost, but I'm not a Pats fan. I just looked at it as a uh, the Pats know what they're doing, so they wouldn't draft this kid for no reason. And uh, he's got a happens. great background. I mean, he was he was going to be Baylor's quarterback, and then when they were like on top of the world. And then the whole art, what's his name, Art Bryles thing blew mm-hmm. up. That whole sexual harassment. Uh, Jarrett's like a, like a Bible kid, like big, big by the book guy. And he was like, I am out. And then he transferred, and then he went to Auburn, I think. Yep. And Auburn yeah, was not Auburn. good. And right. he just didn't have a great team. And he was in a, he was in a whatever position. So that's why the Patriots took a flyer on him. I think it was fourth round. So, yeah, I mean, he'll yeah, be we'll a serviceable backup, but he's not going to be the Patriots starter. And people got burned and they, people have to be careful. Um, I'm not going to say any their handle, but I can think of at least one person who 
would spend way more than their bank account would comfortably hold, and they have a family, and then they would get on a live, and they would complain about their financial situation, and it's like, it's sad. It's almost like watch. it, it is watching addicts just yeah. like put themselves in horrible positions. And it's it's tough. And I think that's where the hobby is going to take a big shrink over the next few years is the prices of these boxes. I mean, what is it? Flawless came oh, out $10,000 a box. Yeah, I think it was nine and some change. But yeah, with tax and shipping over 10K. So and that's what I was telling my wife that today. I'm like, you know, it's just insanity. I mean, at least at least that stuff's game use, if that matters to you, you know, which I know it does to a lot of people. It's not just manufactured, uh, no specific game or player, which I thought was crazy last year when all those boxes came out and people were still paying top dollar for them. I'm like, I might as well sit in my room and start cutting out jerseys I get at Goodwill and like putting them on cardboard. I'm like, hey, same thing. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. And it's like, do you do you really believe in Lamelo that much? Because yeah. no one really believes in anyone else in that class. And I think Ant's a phenomenal player, but the, I mean, the biggest concern with him is he says he's not like in love with basketball. And guess what? He gets one big contract. You're not in love with basketball. I'll take my hundred million piece. Give me, give me franchises, a pizza dealer, a pizza place, a car dealership, a car wash. Let me diversify my bonds, and I will never work a day in my life. And I think think, that's a liability for Ant. See, I haven't, I haven't heard that. I'm surprised I haven't. I think um, with those two guys, they're definitely the best of that class. Um, I think with Lamelo. I think all the things he does contributes to them winning, right? So he's more like he's not a a high volume scorer. He can get a basket, he can get to the basket. He makes his teammates better, which is a, a big thing. I think the thing with Edwards that surprised me was that he does shoot the ball way better than I thought he was going to in the NBA immediately. Um so he can be that guy. Um is he gonna be like Dame? Is he gonna be um, Clay Thompson or Steph Curry or any of those guys or even like a Devin Booker. I don't know because he's on, you know, it's, it, it falls into one of those things that are on shitty teams. So anytime these guys are on shitty teams and they're the best player, you just don't know. Um, and I think that's what, with Ja, I'm glad they're winning. You know what I mean? And they have been winning. So I think as long as you get that combination of winning and then you do the highlight plays, which both of those guys are full of highlight plays, the hobby's going to love you. Um, this is what sells, you know. It's what's sexy always. I mean, and that's uh-huh. what. So, big men don't sell. So. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I think if you're investing, what was it? Your last guest, South Park cards. I think he said something about Tim Duncan. He's like, no one collects Tim Duncan. Well, he's right. You know, big the big men in basketball, with the exception of Shaq, who is like. He transcends the sport. Shaq is his own rare breed of individual. Other than that, I mean, you're right. Like, the big men are more defensive. Uh, They don't have the sexiest plays. Um, It's more personality. But 
Um, basketball is a unique sport because you have people that dominate for such long stretches of time. I don't think the rings matter nearly as much um, because you have individuals that collect a significant amount of rings. Football, I would say, also has some of that recently with Brady because we look at Aaron Rodgers as like, with the exception of recent memory, it's like he's like – he could be the uh, next goat type of thing, and he's got one ring. Like right, right. Well, and that's what I think. I'm surprised that I've seen a lot of hate for Rogers um, this week, or people just saying, you know, he's not the guy. This and that. And I'm like, yeah, he did win a Super Bowl. I understand he doesn't have a handful like Tom, but let's not forget Matt Stafford got his first playoff win two weeks ago, and that was after 13 years. So it's not easy to win in the NFL. Oh, it's it's so true, and it's Brett Favre. Brett Favre only won one. They the Green Bay Packers have had thirty did, years. Did Favre only win one? He only won one against my New England Patriots, nineteen ninety seven. Really? First time, Don. It was the first time I cried watching sports. I never cried watching my dad play. Right. Uh, up until that moment, I did cry in nineteen ninety eight during his last game because we knew it was his last game and that was pretty sad but yeah 1997 cried my eyes out gosh i can't believe he's only got one super bowl i thought it was drew bledsoe he beat drew bledsoe the hundred million dollar man drew bledsoe got a raw deal but no one in new england cared about that well i mean he played in buffalo (laughs) he had a good career in buffalo he got his money he's got a wine vineyard he's doing fine he is I, not that I didn't believe you, but yeah, Brett Favre won Super Bowl. Yeah, so, I mean, it's not the make or break. And then you look at baseball, that's a big handicap. Everyone looks at that, especially because a, a long a long-standing career in baseball is 20 years. Not everyone can be LeBron and have this 20 almost 20 year career in basketball especially like we you know we're talking about knees there's no way in god's green earth that i'd be able even if i was had all the help in the world of nike and the best doctors would i be able to do what lebron does for as long as he does at my level of max capacity like i'd run out of juice and right. he's doing it. But baseball players, you got to play 20 years um, if you're going to be one of the greats. And you yeah. play that long, you should win one ring, I feel like a lot of collectors feel. I think, I mean, with LeBron, if he – I think when people say greatest athlete, they, you know, Bo Jackson always gets thrown out there, Deion Sanders. But LeBron – you know, people will make the argument as the greatest basketball player of all time, but he's got to be up there as the greatest athlete of all time just I, because of what you said. I mean, dude, come on. Like, I, uh, he is, I, I would say that he is the greatest athlete of all time. Me and my wife were talking about this yesterday. We actually just watched the new Space Jam. Um, and she was like, oh, like, if for some reason, it was, if you could, like, hug an athlete who would it be and i was like i think it'd be lebron and she's like it wouldn't be tom brady like as much as i love the patriots you wouldn't want to hug tom brady over lebron and 
LeBron has a pristine track record as an individual. He has been the guy since 15, 14 years old. He's been on the cover of Sports Illustrated. He's had no off-the-court issues. The guy built schools. He's won championships in multiple cities. He acts like he's he's spotless. He's absolutely spotless, and he's a pillar in whatever community he plants himself in. And I just I I think that with the exception of everyone who contributed to the uh, to different race movements. I think that's a whole nother category of amazing individuals. Uh, yeah, and and I agree with everything you said. I and for me, and people are gonna disagree with us a hundred percent. And I just and you can tell me if you disagree with me or not, but I don't think you do. I, I actually appreciate him voicing his views and opinions on things, right? And I don't understand why people get so angry and upset about it. Like he has a platform. And he can use it however he wants. Um, you don't have to agree or disagree, but I, I just I appreciate someone willing to say what they believe in or don't believe in, and it's not just always about the money. You know what I mean? I I, I agree. Um, I think that at least the 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 sane people in that camp that get really bad at him for that probably look at his lack of vocalism with. China, but yep. with that being said, anyone who's had a government or corporate job understands that sometimes you just don't talk about certain things, um, right. and it's just a limitation of employment. Well, um, and it's always going to be something, right? Like it's always you no, can't. No matter what, he can't win. You know what I mean? So even if he did speak about China or slave labor or whatever it is that people want him to talk about, or the Nikes being made there. If he did talk about that, there's going to be something else that he's not talking about that people are going to piggyback on. It's, it's so, yeah. Can't win. I'm, you really can't. And it's it's a shame. It's a shame. But in terms of collectability and who the guy is for collectibles, I don't think there's any argument. It has to be Tom Brady because everyone knew that LeBron was the guy. So everyone I, yeah. thinks that Zion is the guy. There are 20,000 PSA 10 Zions because everyone, including the card companies, thought that he was the guy. No one in 2000 thought Tom Brady was the guy. And as a result, um, I, I'm not sure if you're friendly with uh, Great Pulls, John. Yeah, I am. He showed me an article. He's got 46, like, unique Patriot rookie cards. Yep. I think Justin Herbert has, like, 400. Yeah, so I I still think, and I've been saying it for the, at least as long as I've been doing this podcast, so this is the second season, Tom Brady is still extremely undervalued as an investment piece. Um, If you compare to PSA 9, Tom Brady rookie card, and most people consider the Bowman Chrome or that Bowman paper one, right? The price difference yeah. is it's astronomical between a Jordan PSA 9 and a Brady PSA 9. So, like, I have the paper one, the PSA 9. I think, and it fluctuates between three and four thousand dollars. You couldn't touch a Michael Jordan 
PSA line for three to four thousand dollars. So, and this is something that this will probably be what I get carried out on this podcast on, but um, not a big fan of Jordan rookies. He is the Ben Simmons of rookie of the year rookies. It's his third year. He was yeah. a rookie in 1984. I understand that the star cards have this like weird taboo thing about them, but like to be so eagerly hungry for a rookie card when it's their third year, there's a little bit of luster. It's like a little bit of lackluster for me. Yeah, I, you know, that's I'd love good... to own one. I don't yeah. own one, but Same. I'm not chomping at the bit because no, that's why I just want to. I just want a low grade one that quite honestly I, I don't care if it if I, I, don't, I don't care if it stays at two or three thousand the entire time I own it, that's fine. I just want something that I can keep and have for myself. That's it. Uh but yeah, I think uh man, we we've almost gone two hours. So this is the longest I've done a podcast with anyone. So I I have the gift it. of gab, Don. I have the gift of gab. It is my uh, my gift and my curse. I feel so bad for a lot of the people I work with. I joke about it on almost every call. So, but is there anything you wanted to hit or touch on that we didn't um, before we kind of wrap it up? No. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to thank you for, you know, opening your platform. It's been great to connect. Uh, you know, we've, we've been chatting now for, pro- I think it's been three years now. Um, because it was definitely before COVID and it's crazy to think that's been two. Um, but yeah, thank you for opening it up. Uh, it was great to catch up and talk about what's going on. Um, if anyone is going to Atlantic city, uh, I'll be there for a couple days. So please, you know, reach out. Are you going to have a table or are you going to have a table? No, I'll, I'll be walking around. I'll have a backpack. I'll have my hat. I'll have my, uh, my ginger wife is probably would be the easiest way to find me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so no, I'll, I'll be around. I'll have um, a table. I'm not getting a table, but some folks said if I go, they'll have a table. So if Phil? I'm not walking around. No, not Phil. Um, <laughs> I don't know Phil. You're talking about Phil Hughes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't. I don't know Phil, but I mean, I guess oh, I'm like okay. out there with, with Justin. But uh, no, I think uh, Brandon. One of our buddies, um, someone he introduced me to, this guy Chester. He doesn't have Instagram, but he goes to all the shows. Um, he has like the biggest cards I've ever seen in my entire life. But he he'll have a table. So if we're not walking around, we'll probably just be hanging out there. So yeah, I'll probably spend like a few hours waiting in line at Panini again for more boxes, more white boxes. Well, I don't have so that's just just thinking about it when we're talking. I don't have any big. I have like six or seven redemptions, but nothing crazy. So if, I, so if I could trade it in for one box, I'd be good with it. So tactical move. I'll, this is what I'll leave everyone with. Um, but the last or last national, the minimum value of a redemption was fifty dollars. Okay, and there's no way that they can process a redemption in like a week. So if you just hold your redemptions, you hold the line and you hold your redemptions up until the week before, you can effectively guarantee that you can get that value towards boxes. 
Um, so I have like a Tutu Atwell from Gold Standard. Um, that was like the big hit in my box. Absolutely right. got crushed. Um, but I'm going to hold on to that thing. I do not want that card. Give me the value. And I'm just going to hold on to it and wait to redeem it right before national. Okay, so it goes off of what's on your account, not bringing the physical. Yeah, I didn't even scratch my Joe Burrow. I brought it like sealed, and I was like, out of curiosity, what would the value be? And they redeemed it. They said fifteen hundred, and they scratched it and redeemed it right there for me. So that's how I I have an idea that they'll allow like you can just like put something on your account immediately and get that value, but they clear it off. Like it's like okay. a, yeah. it's like they a, like they it. expunge your record pretty much. Um, so once it goes on your account, if it's there and they take it as value, it, it'll go away immediately. So there's no trace that I had a Joe Burrow uh, on my account. I gotcha. Yeah, I'm a, I got a bunch of Josh Allen Jaguars defensive end. Uh, what else do I have? I got a DJ Shark. I think the ten, which I, for some reason I'm never going to get a rookie uh, RPA. Um, I think that's. I mean, that's like the stuff I have on there. That I, oh, I have a Jackson Hayes championship ticket from Contenders. That's probably worthless. So yeah, I'll take one two fifty two hundred fifty dollars box for all those. No problem. Yeah, I have a, a Christian Pulisic. If that's how you say that gentleman's name. Yep, that's um, a big one. Yeah, it's like a it's out of like the most recent prism, like 2020 prism. Right. Um but they only offered me like 200 bucks and I was like, "No, no. I'm like, you're going to give me 1500 bucks for this Joe Burrow. I I called him crab leg Joe Burrow cuz his ne- he's just like right. snapped last year. And so I was like, you're going to give me 1500 bucks for crab leg Joe Burrow and you only want to give me 200 bucks for like little Captain America, and they're like, "That's how much they go for." But I was like, "Yeah, because I I bought it for two hundred bucks." Like, are you looking right. at my most recent comp? And yeah. uh, they were like, "Yeah," and I was like, "Okay, whatever." Like, I'm happy to keep it. Um, so, still haven't gotten it. It's been like a year plus, but man, I don't I, know. Yeah, I don't. I, what sucks is I have a. Drew Brees, it's Obsidian, one of one that um, Eric opened for me in a box that had like three slices in the back. And so he sent it back in through Panini for me. Um, I'll never see that thing, I don't think. But it'd be nice to get a box for that. Yeah, I got – so I sent a damage card through Panini recently. It was the Variation Mosaic Zion, and it had like that like thumbprint dent type of like crescent um and so open it i'm like oh great the one card you're kind of chasing out of this product when it released um like is damaged so i sent it in and now that card's probably worth like 20 bucks in good condition it's nothing special but they sent me a, a cole anthony uh crown royale on card auto to like 50 i think and I look it up, and it's like a $90 card. And I was like, well done, Panini. Like, I have no connection I'm, to this player. But I'm like, interested. I'm interested. There you go. I'll say, you know what? In terms of a good karma thing, Don, I'll send it your way if I can find it. I think it's in one of the boxes around me. 
Well, hey, Jake, I, I appreciate it. This was great. Um, if you ever want to come on again, let me know. Um, I think Cedar was talking about coming on again. Um, maybe we can do like a couple people. You know, this is all new to me, the video thing, but I, I think it'd be cool to have a couple people on and just kind of shoot the shit. But I appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Sorry, I messed up date night. Um, let your wife know. Uh, we'll make it up to her at in Atlantic City. Um, I got to see if my wife's coming. But uh, but yeah, it was it was fun, man. I enjoyed talking to you and uh, catching up. So absolutely, thank you so much, Sean. Yeah, have a good night to you as well. Later. Thanks for listening to the Break of Wax podcast. Please, if you enjoyed it, share it. Um, send the link out. Put it on your story. I welcome all feedback and comments. Send me a message. Let me know what you're thinking about, what you want to talk about. And if you want to be a guest on the show, I answer all my DMs. I think it's weird when people don't. That's another story for another day. Again, thank you for listening. I appreciate the support and all the love. Peace. Peace.